Sakura girl weaving through Zemma Kura down the outside. No one a deal just in front the inside. Rio moving up as Emma Kura though. Emma Kura on the outside taking over. Emma Kura is going right away for David Oliver. And Emma Kura is brewing at the Queensland. And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. Surely there was only one way to open the return of year-round carnival. The best, Damien Oliver, the GOAT. Just another Group 1 win. I think that's his 472nd. But why have we been away for two weeks? Oh, by the way, audio courtesy of uh, Sky Racing, of course, of the uh, the Queensland Oaks. But Vince Accardi, welcome back, Cotter. Thank you. Thank you, Vinnie Boparino. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. now, now, we didn't tell anyone where you've been. Where you been? Well, I had to go and visit family in Florence. Wow! So, so I managed to get a trip overseas to Italy. Spent, uh, I think I was like, I don't know, it was like ten or eleven days in Florence, and then we had three days in Rome. So yep. the fam- fam- some of the family members took us around, and then we had a whole bunch of Connie's aunties come over from Sicily for three days as well while we we're in Florence. So there was big feast, and you can just imagine the biggest. Oh, probably the most exciting thing for me was the food it was just <laughs> off the charts. I'm not sure about all the other things in life. Personally, I was very happy to come back home, but the reality was I just couldn't get over the food. The food was phenomenal. Yep. Now, mind you, I have to say, I it took a few days to get things going for work because I, I did manage to work every day, uh, except this is for the first going there, yes. Yeah, because... <laughs> I lost all my – well, when I say lost, the luggage didn't make the plane f- from Germany to Italy, and therefore I was, like, a bit stranded. And the Italians, they have – talk about policies and the way they operate. When you ring them up to say, how are we going with the luggage, they have, an, they have the communication, which is all auto, and then there's a one-hour time frame where you can speak to a human – and when you go there, it's also audio, you know, pre-recorded, and it just says ring back later. We're all busy. No, no, no holding on the line, just ring back later. So, of course, I decided to just rock up to get there, and that was like a bit of a fiasco. But once I got past that, the good news was I could confirm after day three that I could operate like a pretty much like I was operating in Melbourne every day, and I spent my, I don't know, I probably did four or five hours every day where I could. And then I took my gear with me to Rome. That was that was I was actually staying in a nice place there, so that was easy. So I could operate like a normal person, and everything worked to perfection. So if by any chance in the future, if of course because it took forty years from one to the other, right? So I'm not <laughs> holding my breath that I'm going to be there next week. That I now know that I could comfortably do podcasts from anywhere on the planet. 
should we go down that path in the future? So, Vince, Johnny Hawks, the great Johnny Hawks, Wayne Hawks, tells us that he, he hadn't had a holiday in 30 years, I think it was, and then he so he went to the Gold Coast and after – one day he realised he didn't have Sky Channel in his room, which back then was the only play, way he could watch the races. So he changed hotels, and then day two he's ended up at day three. Sorry, he's ended up at the Queensland stable. Day four of his two weeks holiday, he ended up back in the Sydney stable. It was uh, sweeping up. <laughs> so he didn't do, and and he said holidays are overrated. So. Well, there's, there's a lot of truth to that, and the sanity for me was that I was able to actually function. And yes. I, I remember on one of the days, like the cousins ring and say, where's Vince? Where's Vince? I said, hey, you got my wife there. It's enough for now. <laughs> now, how was Bruce Springsteen? Well, I'll put it this way. I, the rain came tumbling down. <laughs> right, this is in rain. It, ca- it bucketed down. Yes. But the heavens cleared before the show started. Standing room only, I didn't yes. turn up. You were busy? Oh, yeah. I go, you guys go. You girls, you go, go. Have fun. They go, oh, we've got the ticket for you and everything. I go, yeah, yeah. Just donate it to someone else, right? <laughs> happy to happy to pay whatever it costs you, but I'm busy. I've got to look at horses. So you're in Italy. You can watch Bruce Hingsman, but you're clocking. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah. clock. I was doing adjustments, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, to be. Exactly. I have to be fair, right? Work. <laughs> I was. I was doing work, and yeah, the girls they could all have fun, and they were just yeah, the fun they had. All muddy waters. It's, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't turn up. And then I said, "Show me the clips." I said, "At least born in the USA, that'll do me." I said, "But if you, if that's no good, I said, let me find it on the internet, and I can show the whole pre-recorded concept concept from the past." And I said, "Oh, it's just like I'm there." Oh, fantastic! But it, it was good. It was it was very very good. But Australia's, you know, it's the superior place. It, but, it really is. From living, I look at the living quarters. I'm sure everybody lives differently, and maybe if you got a lot more money, lifestyle can be great. But it's pretty humble, like just the way they live, all on top of each other. I'm not saying they don't live on top of each other here, but it's just yeah, it's just so different. Very uh, very different. It's funny you say that. Well, you remind me of my pop when he when he, he always said when he got to Australia, he said this is the lucky country, and he never he, he wouldn't even leave for a holiday once he got here. So that was him because he, he, he had perspective. Well, it's so true. Like in France, where do you, you guys park your cars? They go, oh, you you, you got to try and if you're lucky enough to find a spot. Like, not don't worry about a car park. They reckon if you got your own car spot, you're you're very very lucky because not many homes have that. So I used to watch how. Connie's cousin would get round trying to find a spot in an area which is restricted only to the people who live in that area, and sometimes you go around the block three times before you get a spot. <laughs> oh, fantastic! All right, well, Vince, let's talk about your passion, and it's uh, and it's, and, uh, and uh, well, even a nice symmetry here. You've been clocking for over forty years, and the great man Damien Oliver has been dominant most of that time. <laughs> Amakura wins the Queensland Oaks, another Group One win for him, and uh, and it uh, it just looked like a ride of perfection. He said, "I'm looking at." Uh, race net here he said the pace was really good so we settled in the back half of the field vince was the pace really good because he's a pretty fair judge of tempo Ollie. Oh, well i have to say was it ever in doubt that's the first question i had to say was it ever in doubt because i was watching his ride from start and there it is the speed's nine lengths faster than standard right so that's a great pace so he got that right where's he sitting he's racing benchmark now mind you there were probably when you look at the breakdown of the race You've got Let Me Rain leading at nine plus, and then you've got Secura Girl eight point three. But then the little gap started. I felt that the probably the genuine speed that 
Damien was probably judging his pace from would have been from either uh, Chabelle Dior, who was going 5.7 lengths faster, so the standard, and possibly Divine Purpose, who was plus seven. That put him in a zone that I felt was going to give him a big chance of victory. But his biggest move for me was the way he decided to stay on the inside, you know, turning for home and make that run. That was, I felt that was very decisive. And you could see he was the only horse to break benchmark over the last 200 metres, going 0.6 above. And he, what a terrific price for a horse that had a plus one going into the race. Yeah, well, you've mentioned this in your race speed profiles that it just had that emerging sort of data. And what was what was really clear in your race speed profiles is there wasn't a lot of horses that, <laughs> that could break benchmark. And this horse did a fantastic performance by Chris Lees. We, we pride ourselves on trying to find Group 1 winners particularly in Sizzlers, but we couldn't because she hadn't raced on a city Saturday. No, no. And, and the reality was that win at Newcastle, even though it was only the third best performance of the day, this is two runs back at Newcastle going... Well, Raw versus Adjusted were pretty much identical around that minus 1.9. So there was some giving it. But that horse absolutely thumped them that day in the maiden. And we know when they win by big margin, generally speaking, they got some ability. But the biggest taker for me was the subsequent start when they took it up to on the Sunshine Coast. And the horses made that huge reversal in speed, going from 11.7 below to plus 4.7 run to run. And if you have a look at the breakdown that day on the Sunshine Coast, only the last 400 metres of the horse go below benchmark, showing that, A, they had the horse very, very fit, and this horse has got some type of ability. Didn't quite get to the numbers on the weekend. I'm probably pinning that to what happened in the mid-race, Ralphie. They've gone for the big slowdown. And it even it did even affect Damien's horse, but he was probably lucky enough to ride the wave, sticking to the inside and not have as big an impact as some of the other runners. I remember you saying a few uh, years back, I think it was Senior Tober just got beaten, but Hugh Bowman had to run the big arc, and you're saying that unlike Flemington where the, the, the you know the, uh, there's a good camber on the track at Eagle Farm, even though the wide lanes are in play, you don't want to be scouting wide and trying to get there. No, especially when there's a there's a lot of speed, Ralphie. You know that when there's a ton of speed, generally speaking, particularly with young horses like three-year-olds, they just don't have the strength. So you're not going to take advantage of the lanes because you're out of petrol over the last sort of two or 300 metres. So saving ground helps you a lot. And probably that was one of the reasons as well why this was the only run in the field to break benchmark last 200 metres. But I do a little bit of that to that leading run, like how fast the horse went through the first two sections, that fitness that would have been there. And, well, Damien may look like this horse could run a lot lot further in terms of distance as well. So uh, overall time, minus 1.9. I mean, that's it's below recent winners like Duar, 1.7, and Youngstar, uh, Gypsy Goddess, Egg Tart. They all broke benchmark, but they all became Group 1 uh, placed at, at worst. Or, or sorry, I should say with Gypsy Goddess uh, beaten a half length in a Golden golden Eagle, well, $10 million race, we'll call it a Group 1. Um, so they're all high-class fillies. What type of projection would you have with her knowing that she's had a above benchmark performance already? Well, my view is this, the three-length slowdown, which all pretty much happened between the eight and the 600 metres, has to be worth at least one and a half, two. Yep. So that sort of gives me a baseline that benchmarks where the horse is over the longer distance, and we know that it's got a plus one range. So 
benchmark plus one's where the horse stands right now. And if you were to give it the full merit of the three lengths, then we're still sitting in that range. It's With the Phillies, it's hard to say how much more they can grow and get stronger. So it'll be interesting to see how this horse comes back in the future. And I don't know if that's the end of the campaign for the horse. but No, for sure. Yeah, first I, prep. I, it's just a matter of how they come back, Ralphie. There was one little quirk uh, that I like bringing up. I know we generally just talk shop here, but uh, but Chris Lees, you're all about value, Vince. He said he saved four thousand dollars. Ollie return trip from Melbourne was four hundred. It would have cost him four thousand to bring Hugh Bowman from Hong Kong, so they even got better value there. <laughs> well, seriously, if you had to make a decision, who who do you want? I'm not knocking Hugh. Hugh Bowman, he's like one of the best, and I love backing him. Yeah. The reality is, uh, Damien's certainly the equal. All right, Red Card won the last race with a nice, impressive performance. Well, you, you, if you got the uh, the Sizzlers from Sydney, Scone, best of the day, and of course we send our members best of the day. Uh, we wrote up this was a big win, minus point two two at the eight hundred was four lengths from the leader was overdoing it. Three point one the mid race, excellent move given the speed before plus point six last four hundred close, lost point four of the length last two hundred in isolation, saying the second up run can see slightly more conditioning improvement. Won three races last prep with the best of 0.5 over a thousand meters at Hawkesbury. Her profile says a three-year-old filly doing this performance over 1,100 here. Says she has genuine emerging stakes talent. And Vince, as you noted on your race speed profiles, Vince, she she, um, she was really uh, got that profile of clearly a stronger horse this time in. You said, yeah, absolutely. And then when you look at just the structure of the race and how I felt potentially a number of riders really didn't judge that pace too well. And I'm not saying that, you know, like you're going virtually benchmark in a 1,200-metre race. That's not a hot speed, particularly if you're going like six lengths below the benchmark. You're going too slow, and you're probably giving away your greatest asset. But with the red card and James McDonald, I just thought the ride was superb. Overall, performance-wise, didn't quite stand up to scone, so they there's just a little bit that can creep in and say that did the horse still feel the effects of that previous run as well and was able to get victory with a below benchmark performance, did get in the top 10. That tells you a little bit about the the group of horses on the day as well. But my view is I feel this horse, I don't know if it's going to be still racing in Queensland, but there's another win just around the corner. Like next start, I'll be very keen to see where they run because I feel this horse won the race on the flat. Yep. Um, all right. As you've heard, uh, Vince uh, hasn't been on the uh, on the beach in two weeks. He's been working hard, and part of that reason is we've got the big Stradbroke coming up this Friday. So, as in the Stradbroke preview for the next day. So, one of the iconic races. We're going to bring back our preview podcast. If you want to get the preview podcast and Vince's race speed profiles, you won't get better information anywhere for next Saturday at Eagle Farm. Just go to my website, racetrackrelfie Click through the links. Uh, go to events. If you're already getting uh, Vince's daily sectionals, you just want the podcast top up there's an option there for you as well so uh you, like i said go through the links events racetrackrelfie.com.au you can get the preview podcast we email uh to you on friday a bit deep dive into obviously the stradbroke and a couple of the other big races and then on saturday morning we just talk business and it'll be an accompaniment to the race speed profiles which on saturday said about uh, prince of boom that uh, uh what he showed vince was uh, sustained speed early, and that put it put all the opposition out of the race on uh, on Saturday once the right gates opened. Yeah, Ralphie, and and I also felt that probably if you look at the profile of the horse, 
as numbers going into the race. They were very, very strong performances. First up, Eagle Farm, plus 1.1, best of the day. Second up, over 1,200 metres. Again, pretty much matched the first up run of 1.1, third best. And when you look at it too, if you look at the matrix, like on the you know racing analytics platform, you can see that the trend was indicating clearly that the, horse was, the horses clustered around it were actually outstripping the performance of what we gave it, a plus 1.1. Therefore, there was a good level of confidence that you knew this runner was probably set to run somewhere. If you followed it to the letter, the matrix was sort of indicating two, two and a half, and yep. it's come out and run plus 1.9, which... Best of the day. Like, yeah, best of the day, and right up to its... Uh, potential, like in terms of, if you look at the historic profile, the, the, the best previous run to that was plus 1.7 on adjusted figures. And sort of, when I look at the way the horse won the race, there's no question this horse is going to improve off that run. Now, it's is it going to be enough to, because oh, I, I believe it's going to be running in the Stradbroke, is that no, right? No, Rob, uh, Rob Heath it's, uh, said that probably he'll give it a miss, even though he qualifies oh. for the Stradbroke. But he said uh, might be a bit too too much of a task. So well, what I suspect is, and this is interesting, the last two hundred drop off there. Maybe he he has decided he's more just a pure sprinter, a twelve hundred meter horse. Yeah. Or does he feel that potentially? Because I, I'm pretty sure he's got Rothschild running in it. Rothfire. Yeah. Oh, Rothfire. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it could be. Could be. Yeah. So he's qualified, but he said he on Sunday he's, he's, he was feeling that he probably won't run it. So there you go. Well, hopefully they find another 1,200-metre uh, race for the horse because this horse has still got another run in it. it it's trending upwards, Ralphie. Yeah. A couple just didn't turn up. Clemens Hour, Quantico, <laughs> he, was, he was off the bit. D- D- until Red Card, James McDonald was having a dirty day. He wasn't doing anything wrong, just all these horses were legless. <laughs> yeah. Now, Quantico yeah. was the interesting runner. Yeah. Felt that um, maybe there could have been more with this horse. But the 70-day break from Scarn going to this race – could that have been the scenario? Because the drop-off late's not typical of this horse, Ralphie. Yep. Usually it's a much stronger finish. So uh, I'd be very keen if they're going to be backing this horse up next week. Well, speaking of the short break, Munamek, um, the 63-day break, uh, you've got to say just about, I don't know if Chris Lee's won the group one. Was this the training performance of the day, Nick Ryan? Because this horse won in his first Australian start in August, hasn't had a spell, and there he is. He's produced a PB on Saturday just with the absolute perfect Billy Egan ride. And it was, and it was a top ride, and and perfect judgment from a race shape point of view. You couldn't have been in a better spot, traveling one point two lengths below benchmark, tagging that lead speed around five. The move in the mid race, I thought that was like excellent as well. Only increased the pace by one point two lengths, going from minus one point two to plus one, and he really did leave the energy for the last four hundred meters. There was a drop off at the end, but overall, last four hundred plus one point seven. The ride, it was all about the ride for me, Ralph. It was like perfection. Well, this is the thing, and it's its really one of many things I've learned with you, Vince, but it's a, its a broader point, and that is how can a seven-year-old run a PB at, uh, what was his, his, effectively his 13th start? Well, that's how you can, because if the race structure is just perfect for you and you get a perfect ride, that's how you can run a PB. That's exactly how you can run a PB, spot on, Ralphie, and, and that's what happened. And beat a decent field. So no doubt the uh, stable will be saying themselves, we've got the horse airborne. 
<laughs> a, uh, one of the one of the great things about doing this is uh, you learn every race is different once the barriers open. And Billy Egan, uh, that that uh, Amunemek was the for the second of a double. His first one was Foxy Frieda. Well, she was awesome. Obviously, uh, she was easy to find. We we put a big stamp on her in both in Sizzlers and race speed profiles. But what was unusual? Yeah, we talk about Munemek, that uh, perfect midfield ride, and so was Damien's and high speed races. They just walked here yet. The first three home were the last three on the corner, showing once again that if you've got a big sprint on you, you can overcome situations like that, uh, even if it is a slow tempo. In this case, an extremely slow tempo. Well, they were compressed, Ralph. You have a look at from first to last, the gap's four lengths yeah. at the 800. And then the big moves come into play. And it was and it was pretty it was pretty heavy. It was anywhere between sort of, oh, I'm just looking here, those first three runners have all gone pretty much mid-race squeeze of 10 lengths, which is almost two seconds, and then booming last 400 metres. And this is the thing. Most of these horses don't have the capacity of a big sprint your talent comes out. Foxy Frieda, when you look at this horse's profile, that last 400 metres plus 6.3, that that's a pretty clear sign. And I'm actually glad that I've seen that in this horse, that the way it finished, uh, you know, like you, you got to go back to Ballarat, Ralphie, all the way into November 21 when the horse produced, I'm not saying the same early speed because that date was like 20 lengths below benchmark versus 14 here. But 8.7 lengths last 400 above standard shows you this horse has got a booming sprint. No doubt that was another plus for the horse. And maybe between the first and the second horse, and even the third horse, was it just being that length further behind probably cost you victory. Just wondering if Kiku, if they go back in distance to the 1400 for Tatsiara, that'll be uh, something to, to work out there because she, as you, you can see there, she best last 400 and 200 of the day. So she's got the, the sprint required to come back in trip if needed. Yeah, excellent tune-up race for it too. Yeah. Uh, and we'll finish off with the uh, with the sprint, Petronius. Um, he's first up, second prep for uh, Barry Lockwood, and he last prep, first up. Uh, D- Doomman at 1,200. He was uh, he was super. Well, he, he was super again, but he, he found a 1,000-metre profile, which is quite rare at this real short course, Vince. Yeah, I I, I looked at that at night. Just giving you a headache, this one, isn't it? Yeah, I was trying to work out, like, why I, I couldn't have it in the top four. Yep. And the reality was, when I looked, sat down and just looked at the profile, like everything, it comes back into your mind when you're going through the dashboard and you're just saying to yourself, okay, going to need the run thousand meters probably going to be a touch short and here it is getting victory and i'm trying to understand why right the pace was really solid ralphie going plus two through the first section in a thousand meter race that's fast speed and they didn't relent like yes. the actual leader increased the pace between the eight and the four was that enough to make the difference now in this case as it turns out yes i mean that this horse was so strong late off that sort of race shape, you know, clearly indicating this horse has come back in sensational fashion. Uh, of course, if it has a quick backup, might be a bit of a negative, but that's the only way I could see this horse, you know, getting victory. And now, mind you, I couldn't preempt that pre-race that we're going to have this sort of race shape and this sort of pressure because most of the times over a thousand, I always feel that they tend to run, you know, like if they run benchmark, that's running pretty quick. Not a big chance of going much faster, but they've defied what I thought anyway. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure most expected me just as a casual observer of Queensland Racing, I thought, well, Malkovich is going to lead there and he wasn't fast enough to lead. So that, that was a pretty fair indication that uh, that they were flying. 
and and they were. And even Malkovich going half above, that's a pretty fast pace. And even the second horse, Etheric, Ralphie, you know, going benchmark, that's the pace that I was anticipating and wasn't good enough to win. It actually weakened late. Uh, interesting wonder why that weekend late. We'll, um, we'll uh, break down Melbourne and Sydney on our Sizzlers. So June Sizzlers has now been launched. So if you want to get uh, the Sizzlers, the Black Book product that comes with Vince's uh, IVR uh, report, uh, you don't get better information than that via daily sectionals. So you can get that uh, via my website, racetrackrealfie.com.au. Now, members bonus today. If you're a member, we want to look after you. So because you've stuck with us for a couple of weeks of holiday, last week there were three super group one races and uh, we'll have a bit of a look at that with Vince. Cardi, Kovalika, think about it, and the Hawaii 5.0 Yellow Brick, they're two really emerging three-year-olds, so if you're a member, you don't have to do anything, you can just get the email, uh, and uh, and you can listen to what Vince's thoughts were last week's big Group 1 meeting at Eagle Farm. In the meantime, uh, if you want to get our preview of Stradbroke Day via the uh, the event section at racetrackrealfie.com.au, all Vince Cardi's work, cutting edge, race speed profile, Saturday morning, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, via dailysectionals.com.au. 